Coming up on Stu Does America, we talk about the Supreme Court and everything else tearing our country apart with Jason Buttrell. And we find out the brand new woke approved name of Uncle Ben's rice. Just remember, white rice is always racist. I'm on a mission to deliver smart analysis, stupid jokes, and only occasionally the opposite. Before I fail at doing so, let me give you three things to help this show continue to exist. Number one, go to YouTube. Just go there, search for Stu. I'll be the first one there. Click subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. All of our episodes are free right there. Plus, we have a special debate coverage thing going on next week. It's going to be really cool. We're doing a live preview show, and then you can watch the debate with me as I do real-time fact checks of everyone and make fun of Joe Biden drooling. Don't miss it. Number two, podcast. Go to iTunes or Google Play and search for Stu Does America. Subscribe there and throw us a review. It's great. Whatever. Whatever you want to say. I don't care. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars, though. And number three, prepare for the election by letting everyone know that Joe Biden is senile. It's our Joe Biden Senility Now t-shirt available at stewdoesmerch.com. You're going to love it. Okay, right now there's a city in Kentucky named Louisville, but will there be one tomorrow? Let's do the Breonna Taylor indictment. Stu Does America. It's been a few days since we added another log to the fire. Let's get those flames burning even higher, though, shall we? (laughs) Oh, and make sure the log is covered in jet fuel as well. In the middle of everything else going on, a global pandemic, race rioting, Kobe Bryant's death, somewhat recent, blowing up a Beirut uh, factory with fireworks, a presidential election, uh, a debate less than a week away, the possible canceling of TikTok. And now, the result of an investigation into the death of Breonna Taylor. If you don't know anything about the Breonna Taylor case, congratulations, you're basically LeBron James. Just throw in a clutch air ball and let your teammate hit a game-winning shot, and you can make millions of dollars, too. You might be forgiven for thinking Breonna Taylor is just a trendy clothing designer that you never heard of because her name is on every celebrity shirt in America. And she is used as an example of the pandemic of police brutality against African-Americans in this country. We've done several shows on this stuff. There isn't a pandemic of violence by police against African-Americans in this country. Go back, go back and watch uh, Stu Does Cops is the title, which is really appropriate. Um, you can get all the facts on that one. And we did an entire breakdown of the Breonna Taylor incident, helpfully titled Stu Does the Truth About Breonna Taylor. We'll put both of those in the description of the podcast and YouTube videos. Go back and watch them for the full stories that you never get from the media. On the Breonna Taylor incident, let me give you a quick summary. Should the police have been there? No. Once they were there, did they do anything wrong? No. Once they were there, did Breonna Taylor or her boyfriend really do anything wrong? No. Is this a good example of racism by police? No. Is there any evidence of racism by the police at the residence? Uh, No. Is this a good example of the Black Lives Matter critique of police? No. 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 Is this a good example of the libertarian critique of police? Yes, it is. With all that said, there are two ways to go when you have an investigation of an incident like this. An incident where the community is pissed off and threatening riots if the charges aren't harsh enough, but also one where the facts of the incident itself do not support harsh charges. The first way to go is to just kind of go for it. 
Figure out a way to pull a first-degree murder charge out of your ass and please the mob and then deal with all the consequences later. You realize that you're not going to get a conviction and that the riots will probably come later anyway when there's an acquittal. But at least you buy some time and who knows what will happen by then. This is what they're doing in Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm not going to tell you that I think Rittenhouse is some hero, and I definitely would not want my 17-year-old in the middle of that craziness with or without a gun. But there is extensive video evidence that shows he was not the aggressor in these situations. They know he's not going to be convicted of these charges, but they're hoping with time and other news distracting everyone, they can avoid the worst of the riots. The other way to go in a trial like this is to basically look at the details and facts of the case. Hmm. Methodically go through the evidence, believe in the justice system, remember that you are innocent until proven guilty, even if you're a cop, and then calmly walk people through your reasoning for not applying harsh charges while desperately pleading for everyone to avoid burning your city to the ground. In Louisville, Kentucky, they went for the latter. Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron attempted to present the evidence with a sober and calming eye toward justice. And honestly, I think it did a pretty good job doing so. The streets, of course, are already getting ugly in Louisville. Uh, and I was thinking, I was thinking about this. What if the facts remained important? I mean, that's a crazy idea. Sorry for bringing it up. I don't want to shake anybody's foundation. We should know that this investigation is only part of the story. There are other investigations going on as well into potential civil rights charges and charges against other officers in their efforts of actually getting the warrant in the first place. That was not within the scope of this investigation. This only covered the actual incident where Breonna Taylor was shot. Some of this material might be shocking to you, so I warn you in advance. Not because it's explicit, but because it runs completely against the narrative that you hear from overrated basketball players on their T-shirts. Here's the Attorney General of Kentucky, Daniel Cameron, who absolutely has to be a racist, right? Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. Hmm. The officer's statements about their announcement are corroborated by an independent witness. Okay. who was near in a proximity to apartment four. Hmm. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. Hmm. I guess even though he's black, he can still be a racist because he was elected by a lot of white people. Remember that. Anyway, there's a shocking fact uh, there if you didn't catch it and if you haven't followed this case. There was a no-knock warrant issued in this case, but they didn't use it. They did knock. They did announce who they were. And we're not depending on the word of the police for that one. Another witness corroborated it, as we've told you before. Here's shocking fact number two. After breaching the door, Sergeant Mattingly was the first and only officer to enter the residence. Sergeant Mattingly identified two individuals standing beside one another at the end of the hall, a male and a female. In his statement, he says that the male was holding a gun, arms extended, in a shooting stance. Sergeant Mattingly saw the man's gun fire, heard a boom, and immediately knew he was shot as a result of feeling heat in his upper thigh. So that's how the incident started. The police announced themselves, had no response, entered the property, and were greeted by a guy with a gun. The guy then fired that gun and hit the officer. 
That is the first bullet fired in this incident. Brianna Taylor's boyfriend literally shot a cop. Have you heard that from LeBron James? Now, as I talked about in Stu Does the Truth about Brianna Taylor, I don't blame her boyfriend for shooting the gun. He didn't know what was going on, and he thought he was witnessing a home invasion. But you also can't blame the officers. They had nothing to do with this case leading up to the incident. They show up to serve a warrant, open the door, and one of them gets a bullet in his thigh. Of course they fired back. One thing that is important to note here is that they weren't even firing at Breonna Taylor. She was a bystander. They were firing at the person who shot at them and hit them. Breonna Taylor's death was not her fault, nor was it her boyfriend's Kenneth Walker's fault, honestly, nor was it the officer's fault. It's entirely unsatisfying. But once this situation began, everyone basically acted rationally and legally. This is why the police shouldn't have been at the apartment in the middle of the night in the first place. In the midst of a pandemic, no less. They could have literally walked up to Brianna Taylor on her way to her car that morning and everything would have been fine. Instead, this tragedy occurred when there was absolutely no need for it. This is the libertarian critique of law enforcement. And sometimes it's 100% correct. It certainly was in this case. Now, if you're in Louisville and uh, suddenly you're becoming uh, kind of noticing maybe a little bright hue outside your windows and maybe it's a little warm, there's a reason for that. Here's why. While there are six possible homicide charges under Kentucky law, these charges are not applicable to the facts before us Uh-oh. because our investigation showed oh, no. and the grand jury agreed that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in the return of deadly fire hmm. after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. Hmm. Let me state that again. According to Kentucky law, the use of force by Mattingly and Cosgrove was justified to protect themselves. This justification bars us from pursuing criminal charges in Miss Brianna Taylor's death. Look, this is hard to hear. A woman, but really honestly by all reports, is a great person, dies for no real reason, and way too early. That doesn't mean we falsely blame the officers for something they are not legally or morally responsible for. Justice is not revenge. A third officer who randomly shot into the apartment blindly after the gunshots began was charged with a lesser crime as some of his shots went into another apartment uh, and could have caused more damage. But that's not going to satisfy the mob. Marches have already started, and we won't know what the full damages are until tomorrow. At least, please pray for the city of Louisville and everywhere, honestly, in our country tonight. We have some of the early footage here. Uh, You kind of see this is the kind of scope of the march. A lot of people out, a lot of people right after the ruling. This is earlier this afternoon. Let's see the next one. Uh, You've got uh, this is where they're actually announcing here. Uh, to line uh, the African-Americans up at the front because they they do have an altercation with police. They believe the police will not attack the African-Americans, which is weird because we're told there's a pandemic of violence against them. So I'm not exactly sure how that works, but there's a strategy here, everybody. Uh, And last one here. Oh, geez. Don't bring your kids to these rallies, whether they're 17 with a gun or they're two like they seem to be here. You really don't need children at marches for any of uh, anybody, uh, honestly, for any reason. Let them watch cartoons, will you? As you look at what's already happened here, it's hard to be optimistic 
that things are going to turn out okay. But they should. This is what our system is designed to do. When the mob and their torches are calling for the heads of someone, our justice system is supposed to step in and judge the evidence without an eye on color and without a temptation to give in to emotion. The facts are on the side of the officers in Louisville. The facts are on the side of the officials in Kentucky tonight. The question is, does any of that even matter anymore? If you're trying to buy or sell a home in these times, it uh, can be challenging, especially if you happen to be going house hunting tonight in Louisville. You might want to pick a different location. That's why I need realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a company that Glenn started because he was dealing with real estate agent issues of his own. Uh, he was working with a real estate agent, just you know, wasn't responsive, and they went through a bunch of them, and it just wasn't working out. And he had a good idea, which is rare for Glenn. He said, what if we had a service that sorted through all this for me so I don't have to deal with it anymore? We can just know we have a good agent before we start the transaction. We don't have to wait out one of these contracts. Well, that's what realestateagentsitrust.com does. Uh, go there before you get into a contract. Find a good real estate agent, one that knows what they're doing, one that won't you know, have you buying a house uh, in the middle of a protest. Uh, the name says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. Get more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. Do it now. If you're an agent, too, you can, you can try to get in there. I don't know. Are you good enough? Maybe. Maybe not. You might suck. I don't know. But if you're good enough, you can get on realestateagentsitrust.com now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm thrilled to be joined by Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, be sure to stay tuned immediately after this program for Glenn's newest special, Civil War, the Left's Revolution Playbook Exposed. It's 9 p.m. Eastern. Do not miss it. Jason, thanks for coming in. Thanks. Uh, let's start with a special. Yep. What, what, what is actually, uh, what are you guys going to tell us about? So that's a pretty heavy title. I just want to make it clear that we are not hoping for civil war. It seems like you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it does. We, uh, no, it's just, it's very odd when you look at everything coming out of the left these days and how they match up seemingly perfectly to what we've seen, color, re color revolutions, how they have gone down in places like Eastern Europe. And when what does you- that mean, color revolutions? So like, you know, like the orange revolution in Ukraine, that was mm -hmm. the one before, the successful one, but even still the, the, the successful revolution in 2014 in Ukraine, that could be also considered a color revolution. They were breaking up. They were like these, you know, see if this sounds familiar, so, you know, spontaneous, you know, you know, grassroots organizations came out to protest mm. you know, right after contested elections. Wow, that's convenient. Um, just out of nowhere, mm -hmm. you know, they popped up. Uh, the US State Department was involved in several of those uh, fully documented in Ukraine. Uh, administration officials had their hands all over it, including his ambassador to Russia, which wrote these little rules that say, these are the seven pillars, the things that you have to do to pull off a successful color revolution. Kind of an interesting pick for Obama to then send to Russia in the middle of a color revolution that was going on in Russia. He's the guy that wrote the playbook for it. Mm -hmm. So really insane. But we did a, we did a special on this uh, last week. We barely scratched the surface. So we're doing two more weeks, the one tonight and the one next week on just explaining these seven pillars. They're absolutely nuts. Um, the very top of the show is straight up lightning. You have to watch the first block of the show at least because there's more revelations on just tying this specifically to Obama administration officials 
and in their uh, and in their relationship with George Soros. It's just it's it's nuts. I want to get into the Supreme Court here in a second, but is this one of these things? Do I need to go back and watch the first one? I was on vacation last week, didn't turn on the news at all. Am I going back to watch the first one to make sure I get the basis first, or do I just jump in here? I would, yeah. So I would definitely. That's that's a good question. I would definitely rewatch last week's episode. You could do it, you know, before uh, the special comes mm-hmm. on tonight. That's going to give you a good like breakdown. This is where it starts. But when you really want to dive into the details, that's tonight and that's next week. Okay, very cool. Uh, that's tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. Following this incredible program that you're watching right now um, or listening to, um, the Supreme Court. Give me your vibe. I mean, first of all, what do you think? Should they should they delay it? Should they go for a Supreme Court justice right here before the election? Really tough question, I think. <laughs> I mean, I think I think the Trump administration absolutely has no choice. Mm-hmm. Like they have to do it. Yep. Um, I think his base would be absolutely livid yes. if he did not do it. On the other hand, there's a lot of purple states out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they could go red. They could go blue. I think, and I think their vote is even down to the wire. They could probably change up until the, up until election night. Sure. Will this invigorate people that would vote blue? Will this say, okay, screw it, mm-hmm. now the Trump administration has to be stopped because now the Supreme Court's, you know, wildly, you know, shifted in the other direction. Yeah. I- I'm wondering if it if it energizes Democrats or if it energizes Republicans. Yeah, you know, I, I do think that's a, an open question at some level uh, because I do think, look, Republicans are going to be passionate about getting a Supreme Court justice. But if you get the Supreme Court justice done before the election, there's an argument to say, well, maybe some people are, eh, whatever, okay, I'm glad we got that done. Maybe they're less passionate. Um, you got to believe the Democrats are going to be fired up about this. They're they're excitable. I mean, but that's just really looking at it as a political calculation. Like, what do you do um, as far as how would it affect essentially Trump's chance to re, to be reelected or the Senate's uh, chance of being of continuing being Republican? Do you see um, on the other side of that? What's the right thing to do? Like, what would you do if you were president? Oh, I would absolutely do it. You would. Uh, yeah, I I would absolutely do it. But I'm. I'm not at all happy for, okay, so we just spent an entire, I don't know what you've said on this, so maybe you've said something similar, maybe disagree, but we just spent an entire forever criticizing <laughs> the intersexuality of picking only a female vice president, mm. right? We, we, for, forever. And yep. we laughed at it because they deserve to be laughed at mm-hmm. for that. It's, mm-hmm. it's clear what they're doing here. But that's what we're doing now with the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. like, look this, at the top three or four. Yeah. They're all women. Like, I, I get it. It's and he's been, saying he's going to pick. He's not even he's not even he's not right. even lying to us. Like, I because I, I, you got to watch the monologue last night if you get a chance, because that's basically exactly what I talked about. And that like we're just giving in to this identity politics right. thing. I could even accept it if you just said, look, we looked all around. There's two men and two women were my finalists, but I decided to go with a woman. At least lie to me and act like you're trying to pick the best person, right. not the best person out of half of the population. Right. And, and OK, if we, it should be the, the best person gets the job. Mm-hmm. Right. But even amongst the people that, he, that are on the top list, I'm, I'm looking at them and I don't even think that they're probably the best women that he could pick. Mm. I, I haven't I'm, I'm not an expert in the field. I haven't looked through all the different judges. But the ones that he's picked aren't even really experienced. Yeah, and that makes me nervous. I mean, I said this last night. Let, Roberts? Look, could we be getting another oh, Roberts? I know. I, I know. It's <laughs> happened before. I know. And Kavanaugh. I mean, Kavanaugh is, they're already saying he's the swing vote right now. 
I mean, because he's no, he's, they didn't pick some. Gorsuch seems to be relatively reliable. Um, I mean, some people don't like some of his decisions, but he, he is what he is. I think he has been as advertised. Uh, Kavanaugh, on the other hand, is, it's still questions about that. And they're saying that he's closer to Roberts uh, than any other justice. That's why Kennedy probably handpicked him to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. It, it must have been. I mean, it, yeah. Like, there's, there's always that talk about maybe Kennedy was saying, like, look, you, I will drive, I will step out, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you who it, it makes sense because as I have whined about a hundred thousand times on this program and other programs, Brett Kavanaugh was not on the original list that got Trump elected. Trump, tons of people in this audience sat there and said, you know what? Donald Trump does not seem like a conservative to me. I don't know that I trust him, but this list of, of just judges looks pretty good. And the Federalist Society was involved in it. Okay, I'll go along with them. I'll, I'll vote for him. They held their nose. They voted for Donald Trump. He did, I think, he picked off the list, which I honestly at the time was not sure he was going to do. He did do it, picked Gorsuch. And then everyone was like, okay, well, he picked off the list. I guess he, he you know, there we go. And I kept saying, well, there's still 20 names on that list. Why is he adding more names to the list now? Barrett was on that li- original list, wasn't she? No. She was Barrett not. was not on it, and Kavanaugh was not on it. They added them um, both in that second round, second round of the list. Um, uh, um, the, the, um, I'm, I'm still not I'm remembering her name, Barbara. Um, I could, oh God, I, I just, this name basically just came into my head yesterday. The lady in, uh, Cuban lady in oh, uh, Lagoa. Florida. Lagoa, thank you. I was going to say Lagoa. Um, she was added on the third round. Not even the second round. And they added 20 more names. Now there's 44 names on there. There's the, the, the uh, rushing. She was also in the top three, mm-hmm. I heard. Yeah, I, again, that's not official, but that's been reported. She's only 38 years old. Yeah, and she's probably the least experienced out of all of them. I mean, we might be more experienced <laughs> for the Supreme Court than she is. Well, like, and like Kate Todd is on there, and Kate Todd might be great, but like, you know, she's like a deputy counsel for the White House, right? Like, yeah. you know, and, and she looks young. She looks younger than all of them, and at least in the, the one picture I've seen of her, of how, although she's not, I don't think she's younger than 38. You know, I, uh, anytime on your resume you, you are a Scalia protege, that's a plus. Oh, yeah. So that, that, that's a huge plus, but even still, and I'm talking about Barrett, she, she is also, I don't, I don't see how she qualifies to be experienced enough to be a Supreme Court justice. I, I just don't see it. It's not there. I, I, would, I think Lagoa is probably a little bit more qualified. Mm. Um, plus, it makes a little more political sense. I think she's less attackable than uh, Amy, Coney, Amy Coney Barrett is. Yeah. Barrett is, oh my gosh, they're already, get ready for witch trials. Yeah, for this. yeah. yeah. It's for ha- Kavanaugh was the other thing. For this, it's going to be, are you a witch? Yeah. Are you a witch? But really talking about, are you Catholic? Like, right. they're, oh, yeah. they're making it out to be like, Barrett is like a crusader about to storm the walls of Jerusalem <laughs> or something like that. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. That's the attack on her, which, you know, you can't attack a woman of gang rape. So you have to go down this road. It just, right. it just not really is plausible. Um, I, I, I I look at this and I, and I, and I, Josh Hammer was on yesterday and he brought up a good point, I think, when it comes to the identity politics of this. And he's like, I totally agree with you on the identity politics, but let me make this pitch. And his case was, and so the, the only plausible point I've heard here, because it's very frustrating that the Republican, this anti-PC president would be like, yeah, well, of course we're embracing the rules of whatever genitals were in the seat last time, get it this time. Like, it's just a weird thing. He said that, you know, look, if you're ever going to overturn Roe versus Wade, it's going to be very, you're going to want it to be a legitimate ruling that everyone accepts at some level. And maybe having a woman there, maybe having a woman write that ruling against Roe versus Wade is really important. I can see that. I have no faith that this court 
even even if they get a good justice here, is going to overturn Roe versus Wade, though. No, absolutely. It's It's a ridiculous fear. It's a fear that does not. People on the left act like they're afraid of this. I can't believe they actually are. Now, now the average voter may very, very well be afraid of it uh, on the Democratic side. But the people who know, no, like John Roberts is not voting to overturn Roe versus Wade. We can't get him to like, we got he's rewriting laws for Democrats to keep them in in place. You know, Kavanaugh is a huge question mark. You'd have Thomas. Maybe you get this new person. I I think you'd have Alito. Um, but I, I, that, I don't know. Would Gorsuch maybe, maybe you get to four. I don't know how you're getting past four. I don't, I don't even, are, are there, there is another, it seems like there's another abortion related case coming up soon, isn't it, to the Supreme Court? I don't remember specifically what it is, mm-hmm. but there was another one coming up soon that she, that she would, you know, she would have, have a big say into that. Yeah. I don't, as far, I, when I'm looking at views though, I can't, I can't, she's, she's talked publicly about Obamacare. So I know that she would be a big ally, I think, about Obamacare. But I don't, I, I'm sorry, I just, I'm nervous. You know what, and I'm always nervous because of the, hist- of the history of this. Mm-hmm. You know, Planned Parenthood versus Casey comes up. There's a chance to overturn Roe versus Wade. And who votes 5-4 on the Democratic side of this, the left side of this, but Souter. A Republican-nominated guy who everyone was like, oh, he's going to be conservative. Absolutely. He'll get through. No problem. It's really easy. And uh, don't worry about all the uh, – don't look too close at that, though. And then he becomes one of the, the, the farthest left uh, on the Supreme Court. I, I've been looking – I'm sorry. I, 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 the attacks – just to go back to the, the Catholic attack yeah. again mm-hmm. – I've been reading things lately that are al- they're already setting the stage. It, it blew my mind. I just I just thought of this that Newsweek article where they were trying to compare, you yeah. know, her like it sounds like a non-denominational church, but they're like every time I read it, they're like they sound like her fanatical religious institution. I'm like they're describing a non-denominational church for crying out loud. I mean, that's like, but if you read the descriptions, they're like, yeah, they have small groups, you know, where people are in charge of and they they talk about, you know, uh, you know, women should submit to their husbands. And, you know, that sounds crazy. And and they, they even give a percentage of their income to the group. It's called tithing. Like you can read that description at any church, all of that. But they're making it sound like it's like, yeah, a haunted house on yeah. Halloween. Well, the good thing, though, for the left is that. Some of these things, if you've never, if you have no familiarity with faith, you don't understand them. They sound scary, you know, um, and, uh, you know, like, what do you mean they're submitting uh, to what, what, what's going on? It's like, that's not what it's about. Every, anyone who goes to church knows it's not about that, but these, they're not even familiar with it. So it works on, it works to raise money, right? I, it, it, it's going to be tough to stop one of these justices, but they're going to try everything they can. And this is the argument for to go back to our earlier conversation on identity politics, you take someone who is a nice mom of seven who uh, seems very, uh, very qualified. Um, you know, look, she was a, a law professor before. So she's, she I mean, she's she is experienced. We just don't have a lot of public record of her ruling, which makes me nervous. Yeah. But the bottom line is you have to find a way to attack. And if this is the road they go, this is a silly road. Right. I don't think the American people are going to be like, oh, yeah, just go ahead and attack her religion. I can't. Right. But but it is something they can use to attack. I can't see anything they could attack for Lagoa. I also saw that they, they were pointing out that she was Catholic, but there's only so far you can take that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lagoa, though, I just don't. Uh, again, she's 52 years old, Jason. Why isn't she on list one? Why isn't she on list two? Yeah. Why is she on list three? We have 20 four other people on the other lists that are still remaining. 
it makes me really nervous that the third list are like, ah, how about her? Anyone on that third list, it should be first-round draft picks. That first list should have been all the first-round draft picks, and once we get past 20 picks for Donald Trump, then we can start looking at new people. See, now what they're doing is they're not sticking to their board to use NFL. They're not sticking to their board. Right. And there's always that, all of a sudden, there's that urge for GMs (laughs) to pick for need. (laughs) This is best player available. fantasy draft you've ever been in. (laughs) Where you're like, I know I'm definitely picking this guy. Wait a minute, this guy's available? I'm going to pick him. is available? And then you screw your whole season up. Uh, (laughs) So that's what's happening. Uh, Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck and uh, fantasy, uh, Supreme Court Fantasy League player, of course. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for coming on the program. Uh, Another reminder to stay tuned right after this show. Catch the newest Glenn Beck special, Civil War, The Left's Revolution Playbook Exposed. You can watch it with a subscription to Blaze TV. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Jason, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks. All right, back in a second. Yeah, you wouldn't think that just taking like a week off uh, would be a problem. You, know, you have to take a week off. Maybe you have... You go out and have a nice dinner. That's what I did. I went on vacation. I had a nice dinner. And then I continued that dinner the entire week. I just just a t- constant meal of a vacation. That's not healthy. That's why. Got to get back. Got to get back on the bandwagon with Fast Blast. Fast Blast, it makes it easy and quick. I, quick is important to me. Um, I, if you're going to lose weight... You might as well have the pounds come off the scale every single day. And that's what happens with Fast Blast. We've had tons of people in this audience who have tried it, and it's worked really well for them. Um, you know, they can walk you through the entire process just so you understand it. It's best, I mean, look, you can, you can understand, you know what fasting is. Uh, you know, you may have heard of intermittent fasting. It's been become really, really popular now. Um, but, you know, there are strategies, there are systems to make it a lot easier on you. Uh, so go to Fast Blast and have them uh, work out a, uh, a program for you. But also, uh, you can use their smoothies, which makes the whole thing a lot easier. We always tell you to do your own homework, so uh, make sure you learn more at fastblast.com slash blaze. The slash blaze part is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Um, you can get started there. You can get the Fast Blast smoothies as well, specially formulated for intermittent fasting. Do it now, fastblast.com slash blaze. It's Fast Blast for a healthier and smaller you. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Enemies of the state. The Stew Does America Nancy Pelosi Sucks commemorative pen is back in stock. Proudly display your disappointment in the Speaker of the House and order yours today at NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. We should be clear, uh, full disclosure, she doesn't actually suck the pen. She, Nancy Pelosi sucks is written on the pen, therefore NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. Check it out. Back in stock now. Uh, big seller. I think you'll enjoy this one. This one will give for years and years to come. And it's a freaking nice pen, actually. Um, let me go into uh, some polling. And I know what you think when I say let's, let's, let's look at some polling. Number one, you're probably thinking Stu's going to give us bad news. And number two, you're thinking, well, I don't care about that news because polls don't matter and they're not accurate anyway and I don't care about them. Well, 
I shall surprise you today. Good news from the polls uh, coming out for Donald Trump. If you happen to be a fan, Donald Trump uh, in a couple of polls for uh, AB uh, for excuse me, ABC News and Washington Post. This is a highly rated pollster. I came out with two polls from Florida and Arizona, two key swing states. And when I say two key swing states, I mean really key. Florida, to me, is a absolute must win for uh, Donald Trump if he wants to be president again. Arizona is is a big, big state. He probably could lose it if he was going to sweep some more difficult states. But that's a little bit unlikely. Arizona has been a bad state for Trump so far. And the poll here, though, is pretty good. He's actually at 49, 48. He's uh, up by one. Among likely voters, the poll asked had both numbers for registered voters and likely voters. The difference being, you know, registered, you're registered to vote. Likely means, okay, this guy's registered and he's probably going to show up and actually do it. This usually uh, favors Republicans a little bit, uh, and it does here, but it's the more appropriate measure. Uh, It's more accurate. Uh, And the same thing, a nice improvement in Florida, where uh, Trump leads by four this is probably the best poll I've seen for Donald Trump in a while in Florida. Now, this could mean a bunch of different things. It could be a big deal. It could be just one poll. So you can't get too excited about it. But this is really solid polling for Donald Trump in both of these states. Um, and it shows also a, a Senate poll there where McSally is down only by one, which is another good poll for McSally uh, in Arizona. Uh, this could be a couple of things. Florida and Arizona have both been states that were hit pretty hard by the coronavirus outbreak and have now had uh, a, a decline in that. So when the coronavirus was kind of flowing and, and COVID was kind of kicking everybody's ass there for a couple of months, uh, the polling was pretty bad for Trump. That's now kind of gone away. So now the polling seems to be improving. It's one way to look at it. It could just be one poll. It could just be that he's re- returning to his normal levels in both of these states. And if that happens, his, incha- his chances of being reelected uh, go up by quite a bit. They break it down a couple of ways here. Let me give you this um, on the... Uh, Let's go to the economy, the Donald Trump plus 11 and plus 15 in those two states, plus 15 in Arizona. Crime and safety, Donald Trump plus four in both states. Coronavirus, he's down by five and four in these states, minus five and minus four on coronavirus uh, handling. That's a really good number for Donald Trump. I know if you listen to conservative media all the time, you might think, well, you should all think that Donald Trump's doing a great job or you might think he's doing a terrible job. I don't know. I know a lot of people did not like when he uh, kind of locked down the economy uh, back in March and April. But the point here is I've looked at a lot of these polls. These are good numbers for Trump on coronavirus. He's usually down by 20 or 30 uh, when it comes to coronavirus, even though what's Joe Biden going to do? You know, is he going to you know, fall over and land on the coronavirus and, and kill it? I, I don't know what anyone thinks Joe Biden's going to do other than wear a mask when he's outside by himself, which he seems to do all the time. Um, Health care uh, is a in favor of uh, Democrats, usually is, but only by seven and five in these two states um, and equal treatment of racial groups. Minus 11 for Donald Trump, minus nine for Joe Biden uh, or for uh, Donald Trump in Arizona. These things are they're questions that usually go against Donald Trump uh, when the racial you you get called a racist every day for four years. Sometimes you don't do so well in these polls. But these numbers, I'm not looking at them as whether you think they're right or wrong. Comparatively to other polls, these are good numbers and might indicate a positive trend for Trump. This one I thought was fascinating because. when you talk about voting by mail, 
we've done shows on it. There are a, some of the complaints about voting by mail are a little overblown, frankly. Uh, they're probably not going to make a huge difference in some of these states. Like there's a lot of states, like Hawaii, for example, they're sending out ballots to everyone. Uh, and you know what? There could be fraud there. Well, what what is he going to win by 80 points? Biden's going to win by 80 instead of 75. I, I don't know. What, what What's the point? We have an electoral college, so it doesn't really matter, honestly, how much fraud happens in Hawaii. Apologize uh, to you if you're in Hawaii right now. Your vote doesn't count at all. No one cares about what you're voting for. We all know you're going to vote for Joe Biden. No one's even going to be no one's going to stay up late to see your little island and their little electoral votes. Now, in Texas, pretty much doesn't matter either, because if Joe Biden wins Texas, Donald Trump's not winning the election anyway. Uh, Hold on their story. But they, they split it up as to who are you going to vote for and how are you going to vote? Are you going to vote on Election Day or are you going to vote vote by mail? The splits are amazing, and they're more drastic than I even would have expected. On Election Day, the people who said they're going to vote on Election Day in Florida, 76 to 20, a plus 56 for Donald Trump. Election Day vote in Arizona, 73 to 25, a 48 percent advantage for uh, Donald Trump. These are massive margins. Now, of course, you obviously know that people who are voting early and absentee are going to go to Joe Biden. And that margin is 28 points, um, 63.35 in Florida, 61.35 in Arizona, 26 point margin. Bottom line, though, is that these are really split. I've been kind of skeptical. I don't know if it's just contrarian nature, basically saying, I don't know if we're going to have a four week election or a six week election. We're not going to know the answers. These sorts of results make you think that Donald Trump could win a bunch of states on Election Day and have it trickle away as votes come in late. Not necessarily true, but it is something to watch out for and something you could theoretically be a little worried about. One other thing I want to point out really quick, really positive numbers for Hispanics um, uh, with Donald Trump in these polls, showing 39 percent and 34 percent Hispanics uh, voting for for Trump. If that's true. It's only one poll. All the you know, all the disclaimers apply here. But if that's true, Donald Trump's probably going to be the president for four more years. If he can pull 39 percent of Hispanic votes uh, in Florida and 34 percent in Arizona, that's a really good number for really any Republican at this point. If he gets those sorts of numbers, he's probably going to be the next president uh, or extend his term as president of the United States. And then Joe Biden can run at like 94 years old again. Because he, I don't think he's done after this. I think he comes back in 2038, 2040 maybe, 2042, 2044, 2046. I don't think he can really do the job past 2050. He'd be well over 100 years old, and I'm a bit skeptical. But you can't put anything past Joe. They'll prop him up. They'll roll him into the White House if they have to so he can win and be president of the United States. That's, the, that's what I'm telling you right now. That's going to happen at some point. It's probably going to be a lot, you know, in the distant future, you'll probably be dead. I'll be dead. We'll all be dead. But Joe Biden will eventually be president of the United States. Back in a second. Sports betting. I like it. Do you like it? I don't know. You don't have to. But if you're going to bet on sports, my bookie's a great place to go to do it. Winning season uh, at MyBookie means you're doubling your first deposit, double your money. That's like winning your first bet automatically with your entire balance. It's going to give you more. MyBookie uh, has winning season going on. 
and that means you're hitting all your parlays, all your props, all your crazy bets. Do it. Uh, if you're into sports, if you like to book, put a couple friendly dollars down on uh, on wagering on sports, my bookie is a great place to go. Celebrate the return of the NFL season by investing in your intuition. New players get hooked up with a, uh, up to a thousand bucks in free play to add more excitement to these sports uh, you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. I like the championship futures things because you can place one bet on a team and then like it lasts the whole season so you don't blow your money if you're dumb like me, but you also can win lots. But, uh, visit mybookie.com. Check it out. Use the promo codes too. They will double your first deposit. Remember, that's like a big win with your entire bankroll on your first bet. And remember, the stew code, you got to remember that, it's, it's, it's important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Mybookie.com. Use the promo codes too to double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at mybookie. Code is stew. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. Everything is racist. We all know that. It's true. Um, however, I didn't know that Uncle Ben's rice was racist. It is completely white. And uh, you, if you look closely at a piece of Uncle Ben's rice, you can see a little hood. Gotta look closely. You might not be able to pick it up initially, but it's there. Don't worry about it. Uh, I did not know, though, that Uncle Ben's was racist. I don't know what was racist about it, but we now know what was racist about it. The uncle part. They've now released their new name. Here it is. Ben's. No longer Uncle Ben's. It's now Ben's. Ben's Original Rice. The uncle part was the racist part the whole time? I thought it was... I didn't know what it was, but I, I didn't think it was uncle. Like, can they just re-release the syrup as Jemima? Would that work? It was the aunt part that was the problem? I, I don't understand these rules. I don't know how they work. I don't think anybody knows how they work. I think Uncle Ben's is like, well, we had to pull it out that week because that week everyone was pissed off about it. Now pretty much just everybody's just forgotten about it. So just re-release it as Ben's. Just take the uncle off. Should we, re-release the uncle? Should we just call it Uncle's Original or Ben's Original? Just do one of those. I don't know. Whatever one. It doesn't matter. None of this means anything. Just re-release it. Just say it's not racist. And just we'll put it out there as Ben's Original. And people will say, is Ben's Original racist? And the answer to that, of course, is yes. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. If you happen to be watching on, let's say, I don't know, Pluto TV, we are like a minute away from Glenn's big special. Uh, I don't remember. It's something about Civil War. There it is. The Revolution Playbook. It's going to be really, really good. Uh, he put a lot of work into this one. I think you're really going to enjoy it. You can always uh, join and, and, and watch the specials on demand anytime, plus a lot of other material, all these great shows at blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Also, if you subscribe on iTunes, we love getting your reviews there. Uh, let's go through a few of them. Uh, smart and fair. Been listening to Stu for years. Always a fan. Love how consistent he has always been. Thank you for noticing that. I didn't think anyone cared about that stuff anymore. Five freaking stars. Thank you. S.E. Hall writes, highly recommend. Funny nerd who loves charts. Love this stupid show. Five freaking stars. And Hackford says, but those ad reads come for the charts. Stay for the ad reads. Five 
freaking stars. That's right. The greatest commercial reads in American history happening right here. Five freaking stars. Thank you so much. Andrew Cuomo was awful. Get your mugs. Get your Nancy Pelosi pens. I mean, that's even this is a great ad read. And watch your Glenn Beck specials. We'll see you tomorrow.